Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Lunch Table Podcast. We are going in depth into the Mandalorian season three, episode four, now out on Disney Plus. Uh, another great episode. Uh, we discussed it a little bit in our review episode, but now we're getting into spoilers. So, Akram, what were your thoughts? Yeah, as I said before, this is such a great episode. I really enjoyed it. I always say this is my favorite episode, but no, this time this is my favorite episode. Really short, but I think they got to the point. Um, we see a lot of character development throughout the season, and I like how they show respect to the side characters um, that have a huge, huge history in Star Wars mythology. So that's really cool. So we're going to dive right into it. So guys, stick with us. Dylan, let's get your thoughts. Yeah, well, I guess firstly, let's start off with Grogu, because I think uh, that was a big takeaway from this episode, was we saw uh, Mando is trying finally to get uh, (laughs) Grogu into the Mandalorian culture, which is kind of comical. We talked a little bit about it. It just feels like, like, because he's so small, it doesn't feel like he's like, he's not even like Jedi material yet. Like, what the fuck are you going to do for like Mandalorian, right? But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what do you think of that whole like training sequence? It was so cute. It was... (laughs) It's weird. It's like goofy. You know it's goofy, but at the same time, too, you just can't help but to tear up a little bit. It's it's very sweet in a way. Um, and just see... <laughs> it's so funny just seeing him. <laughs> it's like a jump scare. <laughs> it's really like... It is so cute, though, because you see how much Mando loves Grogu. And so I, I hope this is a build-up to one day seeing a more mature Grogu and he adopts the way of uh Mandalore and stuff like that. I think that'll be really e- awesome to see, just seeing like his suit and stuff. We kind of mm-hmm. see again, this show is very much like RPG, so in a way we see um these two characters acquiring acquiring certain gear. Mm-hmm. Um but just just seeing that, I'm surprised they had <laughs> they had that uh gauntlet thing to shoot like that the needles at each other. They couldn't darts. even fit him like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> that shit was like giving a baby a Rolex or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> It was really, it was really like kind of silly, but at the same time, um, I don't know. It was kind of sweet. And, and mm-hmm. also I think it, sh- it foreshadows that I think Grogu could use both sides and, and to fight later on. So mm-hmm. he definitely did that. Mando was encouraging him to do that. It's a nice breakaway from this kind of dogma that Star Wars is like, oh, well you have to, if you're force sensitive, you have to be a Jedi, you have to be a Sith, right? Right. Or if you like, you know, you don't have special powers, you have to be a bounty hunter, right? So it's kind of like a breakaway from that. I, I really appreciate what, you know, the creators of the show do because it's like, it feels like this show has so much freedom to explore different territories. So it's like Grogu doesn't have to be a Jedi. He can come from the Jedi, but that's not exactly what he wants, right? It's, it's his choice. And, you know, we explore that in the Book of Boba Fett. Um, but here it's like, it's interesting how they're trying to do it. It's like, it feels silly, like I said, but it's like, I wonder how it'll play out. And yeah, I definitely would like to see like a more mature Grogu. Like, even if he's not like physically mature, like maybe his mentality, like he's smarter or something. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see how that, how, how that plays out with his training. And I like how accepting the Mandalorians are, like you said in the other review. Um, cause it feels like they really are a creed. Like, it doesn't matter like where you come from. It's kind of like this refugee family in a way it's like you can come from anywhere but we'll still accept you right because we're not about you know beliefs or politics right because they even took you know Bo-Katan and Bo-Katan like hated the the children of the watch so it was so interesting um and yeah so then we go in a little bit so uh the armor kind of like 
makes this little uh <laughs> you said it was like some it's a plate okay top lunch it, dish or a, something <laughs> yeah it's a dish she should have made yeah. a spoon and a fork <laughs> like right. he's gonna marry well i thought at first she was making like a little helmet for him or something oh, that would have been but so i think cool. yeah it would have been too soon i think maybe they're waiting uh, for that um but yeah it was cool it, like, it had the mud horn like signet on it it's like this it's basically like a little circle thing um that he wears on his chain i thought that was sweet uh, it was cool too um and then we like uh grogu kind of has like this flashback it's funny, so funny like every time the armor is like constructing something like you ever notice that like when she's building something like whoever she's building it for they see like recollections of their past um yeah so grogu has this memory of uh order 66 which we finally see uh as it was kind of teased in the trailer so what do you think of that whole um sequence Okay, so that was a cheerdurker, as I always say. <laughs> uh, that was, it, it was wonderful to see that moment and at the same time to kind of bittersweet because we did get to see Jedi, but they were being slain. I think one most, one notable part about that was the clone trooper armors. That was really cool to see that live action. And I don't think it was CGI. I think it was just actual like costuming. suits, yeah. It, it was really cool. But what's notable is who comes to the rescue for Grogu. And that is the actor for Jar Jar. And that was props to them. Props to them because that guy deserves respect. Because I remember back in the day when he played Jar Jar, a lot of people were kind of cyberbullying him in a way and talking down about him and whatnot. Um, ever since that, he has a job now that he's hosting a show, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and they talk about the cosmos. Oh, so wow. he's a nerd at heart. Yeah. And now he's finally back. And I think if anything, he has probably the best looking robes I've ever seen. I just love that mm. little uh, like tread here or something like of gold. Um, and he's a badass too. He took out so many clones. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of speculation territory too, because he ends up going, uh, to this platform while riding a speeder, trying to escape from these gunships. And so he meets these, it looks like Nabooian pilots or something. And they, they have that silver ship, that Naboo ship that looks like the one that Nubia no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it looks like Padme's uh, me and you were going back and forth whether or not that's actually from Padme or it could just be something that royalty uses and that's just a common thing it's like I don't know uh, Rolls Royce or something like that mm -hmm. um, yeah what did you think of that uh, yeah I mean the <laughs> it was it was surreal seeing that maybe just because we just got out of Obi-Wan not too long ago um, mm -hmm. when we saw Order 66 happen with Reva. Um, so it was interesting that they, they keep going back to Coruscant. We keep, you know, getting this fresh reminder of this. It feels like like Order 66 is such an event turner in Star Wars. It's like kind of like their, like their uh, Holocaust or like their 9-11 in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool like seeing like Coruscant again. I know we just saw it in the last episode. Um, they even showed like the rock too. That was so funny. <laughs> like the the highest mountain in Coruscant. Yeah, he was there notice. and he was he was gonna wrestle somebody. Yeah, uh, he was black at <laughs> Oh, you mean the actual oh a rock. The, oh, okay. Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he meant the rock. He's gonna yeah, fight yeah, Black yeah. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> he wants so to be a better hero. <laughs> he's so stupid. <laughs> um but yeah, so yeah, he does rescue. Uh, he's so badass too. He had like two lightsabers. I thought that was yeah. cool. Like, I think that's uh, the first Jedi we've seen use um, two sabers. Well, at least for live action, anyway. Um, and then yeah, so yeah, I wonder if that was Padme's ship uh, or I was saying maybe because Padme is like a senator, but she's not the queen of Naboo anymore. So maybe it was like the queen ship 
or it could just be like a random Nabu ship, or maybe he just has like connection. I was saying maybe it would be cool. Like, what if it was like it led back to like Bail Organa? Like he somehow like had some ties to that like, after what he saw what happened at the temple. Yeah, you said that, but it's like he really did wrong, but like with Grogu, because Grogu, <laughs> man, he ended up in a bad situation. So sure. like, Bail then deserves to spit in the face. I tell you that that's much. Why that's why he's called that Bail. <laughs> he bails on him the last. Bit. Yeah, but like in a shitty way. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, that was interesting. So we get to see a little bit of Grogu's past. Um, that's still kind of a mystery because we don't know how he ended up on that that planet that Mando found him. But yeah, it, it, it leaves room room for exploration, which we'll probably touch yes. on either in this season or the coming seasons ahead. But going back to the episode, uh, so well, first of all, that kid that Grogu was training with was actually uh, it was confirmed that was Paz Vizsla's son. Mm. I thought that was interesting because a lot of people were theorizing because of the color of his helmet. You know, he mm. might be his son. So I thought that was cool. Uh, mentioned that they didn't they didn't have to do that, but that was just interesting mm-hmm. that they did that. Um, yeah. So he gets kind of like kidnapped by this uh, pterodactyl thing, and they kind of go off in this quest uh, to find him. And Bo-Katan leads the quest, and I thought it was interesting. This is definitely her episode as a character driving force um, because now she's kind of rediscovering herself like we've kind of talked about like you like you mentioned like she's kind of like finding religion finding her place among these people um yeah so what were your thoughts yeah i mean they're all in uh, in uh, the great thing about this cult i don't even like to call it a cult to be honest with you because they're they're so fleshed out at this point that they just seem like a nice tribe right uh they're all it's all about pil- pilgrimage in a way i don't know it's like I think there's a lot of intertextuality that has to do with like certain historical figures and the way how they find they find themselves in certain situations that will lead to them adopting a certain type of philosophy. We've seen this with the Viking era. Uh, this happened a lot with Christianity. Um, so that's why I think this they're trying to push hard for Bo-Katan um, because she is in Star Wars a historical figure of some sort, right? Um, she is pretty important. She's just now, unfortunately, a has been. I feel like there's something great for her in the future. Um, and she's eventually going to go through not only a physical battle, but a spiritual battle. I mean, we're seeing the seeds of that. And so this is the first step that she's taking to really help mm-hmm. people out. She kind of reminds me of Ragnar in a sense. Um, oh, which is funny because Paz Vizsla's son is named Ragnar, oh, yeah, um, which is so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's why I kind of compared it to the Vikings. Like, I don't know. There's something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's, and it, she's, it's really sweet too. Cause I thought she'll be like a, a, a bitch, like, uh, nah, <laughs> I'm going to take off my helmet or whatever. No, but she was so respectful. Again, it's, she's like seeking for something and, mm-hmm. and I find that really sweet. I actually like her character a lot more than I did in the other yeah. seasons now. And even Paz Vizsla, like kind of like respected her. He's like, um, like the war leader gets to sit by the fire, right? Man. It's kind of like he's like honoring her in a way. And that attributes to his character as well because he kind of like became more humbled uh, over the seasons too. Like he kind of like respects Mando and now he respects Bo-Katan. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, and just Bo-Katan as a character, I think like now she is finally discovering what it means to be Mandalorian. I think like she had ideas of what it meant to be in, in Clone Wars and early or season two of the Mandalorian, like maybe she thought being Mandalorian meant you had to be the strongest or you had to be like a dictator. Right. But I think now she's discovering it's just maybe like being there for somebody else in time of need or just, you know, 
being a hero of some sorts, right? It doesn't have to be like, you have to be like aggressive or evil in a way. As Tess says from the last one, save who you can. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, there you well go. Said. We're all living in Pedro's world. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, we really are. <laughs> Let me ask you something because I want everybody to hear your brilliant point on something. It's it's kind of symbolic. Um, in the fight between these dragon alien things, uh, she loses a pauldron and she gains one. Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting because uh, the armor fashions her a new pauldron and... Um, she asks uh, if she could wear the signet of the Mythosaur mm-hmm. alongside her Night Owl signet. So now it feels like she's kind of shedding away her old self in a way. Like her armor is like a physical representation of her past life. And now it's like she's rebuilding her brand, kind of like how Mando did in season one. And now he's, you know, after being with Grogu, he's building his new identity, right? So I think it's interesting. I think she's going to maybe make like a new set of armor for himself even if she doesn't you know she's still kind of rebuilding her character in a way so i think like you said there's a lot of intertextuality there yeah oh man i man i think they're adding so much depth this season to a lot of characters i mean yeah again paz is not like a huge character but we get that little insight that he has a son so he has something to lose rather than just the tribe and yeah he's really respectful and humble and, and again with bo-katan um and of course mando is always on a journey um, but I feel like Mando, you know, what's the funny thing about Mando? He's always going through shit, but he's like the most refined out of everybody. I feel he's very, he has a plan and he's going to do it. Um, and he's just trying to take care of Grogu as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this episode was pretty short. Uh, what else thoughts do you have? Let me ask you, do you think, uh, we're kind of done with Mando's story now? Cause oh, it man. feels like he's mm-hmm. in a very like achieved state. He did everything he needed to do. And maybe that's why we're now we're so focused with other characters. What do you think? I don't know. You know how like the show has a bigger threat and that'll eventually be revealed. And and, and it comes to a head at like episode eight. I don't know if we're still waiting for that. It doesn't feel like it. It feels kind of different from the other seasons. And plus uh, the Book of Boba Fett, it, it feels different for some reason. It's true. He, if it, He's at home basically right now. It, I really don't know. I mean, I think that's the beauty of the show too. Uh, the characters, the side characters, they don't just feel like side characters and you don't feel like a burden to have an episode dedicated mm-hmm. to one of these characters. You actually feel like, oh, wow, this is pretty nice. I gain a different perspective. I really, yeah, who's to say? I know that the last episode, if anything, probably ties into the bigger plot thread of the season. Um, we start to figure out what's going on too. Maybe Moth Gideon will somehow be involved. I think maybe. They're showing so much of this tribe. It's because they're going to go under threat or, or they're going to be threatened by some external force. And it might be the Empire or the remnants of the Empire a little bit later on. And so these are the seeds. Sometimes we get seeds, sometimes we don't. Um, and that's why I think Bo-Katan perhaps will get back to the Mythosaur and she'll probably utilize the Mythosaur somehow and fight this threat. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be an epic battle again. I mean, we have those little baby dragons too that they brought back. So mm-hmm. it's like maybe all these elements are just going to come together and be really epic and iconic in episode seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it makes me wonder now if like, will the Mandalorian now be about Grogu and Bo-Katan? Or will like Bo-Katan get her own spinoff series? Oh, I think so. Right? Um, that would be cool. Because now it seems like now she's on her own journey, right? Because... 
Mando started off with this quest, and also I love how we just forgot about IG Eleven. <laughs> like yeah, he was like, "Oh yeah, like, I'll, I'll come back for you now." And just never came back. Oh. They left that on the floor. Who's <laughs> gonna clean this mess? <laughs> yes. Carl Weathers is still waiting. He's like, <laughs> like, "No, he's not waiting." He said, "You know what? I'm gonna direct this episode instead of cleaning the <laughs> yeah. mess on the floor." <laughs> That's what he probably did. <laughs> but yeah, it's like like Mando started off in this quest, and now it feels like he's kind of done, and now it feels like. You know, he's redeemed himself and now he's integrated Grogu into this society. And now Bo-Katan is kind of rediscovering herself, like we said. So it's like, and now she's like really intrigued about finding the Mythosaur. So I wonder if like, like I said in an earlier review, like maybe she's going to tame it or hunt it or something. But now it seems like, like she's so invested in this clan now. I wonder like, I don't see her like honestly like going back to her old ways. It seems like she's found a new home for herself. And it feels like this is her last chance at uh, finding a family or finding redemption. So I don't think she would want to waste that. Um, and yeah, like we do have kind of like the Moff Gideon like cloud in the air somewhere because with Dr. Pershing, um, I wonder what's going to happen with that because uh, it doesn't seem like there's a big threat at play. Um, it may maybe it's just a series about the Mandalorians kind of like reforming or regrouping, right? Um mm. But yeah, uh, I mean, overall, I thought it was an awesome episode. If I had to rate it, honestly, I'd probably give it a 9 out of 10. Oh, now you give it a 9. Every time you always give it one more. <laughs> now it's 9 out of 10. Okay, yeah, I give Looking it a 9 back, out of 10 yeah, too. Probably I'll, give, I'll, I'll change my ways too. I'll say it's a 9 you out of 10. Say, that's why it's good doing two of these. This is yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah, this is the way. You hear that, everybody? That is our review for episode four of The Mandalorian, now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Guys, if you like this video, make sure to do that like button for Grogu. Look, he's saying hi to you. So please do that, all right? And check out our other reviews as well. We have a lot of content planned for the future, and especially this week. My God, we're so tired. But anyway, Dylan, take us away. So much content planned, guys. Check out our other playlists if you haven't already. Check out our reviews. We still have some movies covering this week. We have so many movies we already reviewed this past month. Uh, go check those out. Check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as YouTube as well. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much. Until then, this is the way. This is the way. See you guys.